We're in the presence of the Lord this morning. This is why I love my church. Where two or three are gathered in his name, he is in the midst. That means he's actively doing a work. This morning, God is doing a work in your life. I don't know what you came in here expecting, what's going on in your life, but you don't have to leave here worrying about it. He's doing a mighty work. Why don't we continue to worship him? He is the way maker. Musicians, why don't we just play a little bit as the church worships this morning? He is the promise keeper. He is the light in the middle of your darkness. You may be walking a dark valley this morning, but just call on the name of Jesus and let him light up your situation. He's the one who changes the atmosphere of life. He is Jesus Christ, the way maker this morning. Oh, he's making a way for you this morning. Come on, church, why don't you worship him today? Oh, we are worshiping the way maker this morning. Yes, Lord. Amen, amen. Why don't you give him another hand clap of praise? Are you glad you got dressed and came to the house of the Lord this morning? God is doing a great work. We're continuing in the I Love My Church series. I love my church. Three of us agree. I love my church. I love my church because when I pull on the parking lot between 7.55 and 8 o'clock every Sunday morning, I know the media, the lights, the camera teams are in place preparing the house of God. I know Brother Mark and the worship team are practicing and preparing to bring a powerful presence of worship and praise. Brother Tim and Josiah are setting up the welcome banners and getting the facilities ready for every guest who walks on the campus. The ushers and the greeters are here early, ready to smile at every guest who walks through our doors. The coffee bar is preparing for the hospitality of the church. And then the church shows up. And there's nothing like the church showing up and worshiping and being together. That's why I love my church. I love my church because it's been about four years to the date that I pulled up in about the third parking spot up front. And I was greeted by Brother Jim Williford the parking lot attendant that day. He saw a new face in a new car he didn't, he's never seen before. And he greeted us and said, can I show you when? In a season of life, Brother Gustavo moving, preparing to move from Florida, 2,800 miles away to Southern California. My wife and I were in a season of life and we were greeted by the church. That's why I love my church. Because no matter what season of life you're going through, the church is here. 
And the church makes a difference. I said the church makes a difference. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. If you would turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. I will not be preaching long, but I will be preaching the Word of God this morning. Ephesians 4 and 16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Amen. My church is a place to make a difference. In this I Love My Church series, today's topic is my church is a place to make a difference. Could we pray? Lord, we love you. We praise you. You're so powerful and so mighty. God, your presence is truly here today. We ask that you would anoint me as your servant, God. We thank you for your anointed word, God. That word, it's already anointed by you. We ask that you would touch this congregation, God. The ones in person and the ones streaming right now, Lord, that your word would prick their hearts. That they would draw closer to you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And the church said amen. Amen, amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. My church is a place to make a difference. Today I'll be preaching, that's a combination between preaching and teaching. The whole body fits together perfectly. The scripture in Ephesians writes, as Paul writes to the church, says the whole body fits together perfectly. And each part does its own special work. That should encourage you today that you fit perfect in the body of Christ. Here at True Vine, there is a place for you. And you fit absolutely perfect. God makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each of us does our own special work. It helps the other parts grow so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. This is a beautiful picture of the church, and we're in a series called I Love My Church. And the truth is when the church is working right and the church is working together, there's nothing better and there's no better place to be than in the church. Amen. And part of what makes the church a special place and part of why we can love the church is because it's a place we make a difference. And you see, you were created to serve. You were created to make a difference. Or as they may say in the secular world or in secular magazines, you were created to volunteer. In fact, Forbes magazines talked about it in an article, I believe, last March. Forbes magazine put together an article called The Surprising Benefits of Volunteering. This just backs up what the Bible's been saying for centuries. But what the article does, it summarizes two or three big reports or research projects that were just completed about volunteering. Let me show you a few of those results. It says, volunteering time makes you feel like you have more time. 
And I love that. I love that. The professor writes at the Harvard Business Review that her research found those who volunteer their time feel like they have more of it. That is so interesting to me. Because when you talk to folks about volunteering, what is the first thing that comes out of their mouth? I just don't have enough time. But the smartest and the greatest researchers say volunteering gives you time. They go on to say that you become what they call time affluent just by volunteering. Here's another benefit of volunteering. Volunteering helps your body and helps you have a healthier body. Now I feel better just reading that and volunteering today and serving today. I feel healthier can have my glazed donut after church because I feel healthier after I'm done with this sermon this morning. Research demonstrates that volunteering leads to a better and healthier life. Those who volunteer have lower mortality rates. That should get you to want to volunteer and serve just by itself. They have greater functional ability and lower rates of depression compared to those who do not volunteer. Benefit next, actually the last one, says volunteering, and this is, this is my favorite one, helps you be happier. And from the words of our pastor, I will keep it sugar-coated today, and I will not say some of you need to start being volunteering to be happier, but I'll keep it sugar-free. Let's say sugar-free. I think that's your word, sugar-free. I thought I'd get a hallelujah or something. There, yes. But it, volunteering makes you happier. Of all the places, the London School of Economics examined the, the relationship between volunteering and happiness. They found that more people who volunteer, the happier they were. And I quote, volunteering builds empathy, strengthens social bonds, and makes you smile. So when you walk through those doors and you see those greeters, they're smiling because they're serving. They have all kind of things going on in their life. But serving makes you happier. And that's just some of the benefits. I mean, there's more in the article, and it just backs up what God's been saying for centuries, that we were created to serve. You were created to give up your time and your talents and your energy to other people. In fact, look at Ephesians 2 and notice why we were created. It says Ephesians 2 and 10. Maybe you never thought of this verse being a creation verse, but God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God has made us to do what? Good works. What the article was calling volunteering, which God planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. Ephesians 7 through 10 goes on to read. So God can point us all in figure ages of, as examples of, of the incredible wealth and of his grace and kindness toward us. 
as shown in all he has done for us and who are united in Christ Jesus. Serving brings unity. God saved us by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for it. It was a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can good thing, do good things as he's planned for us a long time ago. Church, please be reminded this morning that no matter what your role is in serving, you are needed and you are making a difference in the name of Jesus Christ. The family who cleaned the church this week, you were needed in the kingdom. And we say thank you for cleaning the church this week. Amen, amen. There's no role too small and there's no role too big because we need everyone serving in the kingdom of God. We make each other better when we serve. My church is where I can make a difference. But it's a certain kind of difference. It's a, a unique kind of difference. It's a eternal difference. My church is a place where I make an eternal difference. Now, this Forbes study that they were looking at, it talked about volunteering in general, volunteering at your church, volunteering at a nonprofit, volunteering with your company, just volunteering in general. And there's a lot of places that we can volunteer, and there's a lot of good things we can do volunteering. But there's only one place, and that's the church. When you volunteer where you serve, you make an eternal difference. I love all the humanitarian things that go on in this world. I love all the benefits that we do. I just sponsored a benefit a few weeks ago for, the, for a great cause and participated in that. But I didn't make an eternal difference. But what we do on Sundays and what we do Sunday through Saturday for the church and in the church, we're making an eternal difference. We're absolutely making an eternal difference. One of the reasons that God created the church and one of the reasons we can love the church is because it's a place where we can serve and make an eternal difference. It was the summer of 1950, 1951. The Bush family planned to just visit a tent revival service in a small town of Georgia. They had no expectations but just to go and see what was going on. But unknowns to them, they were greeted as they walked into that tent revival. They were greeted by the church and the ushers showed them to their seat. From the time they stepped on the property, they felt the love of the church. Before the first song, the praise team sung, and before the first scripture, the preacher quoted, they were already impacted by the church. But the power of the preach word pricked their hearts. And the parents and one of their 17-year-old girls found their self at the altar that evening. 
before they found their all, the self, their selves at the altar by the powerful word of God being preached, they were already impacted. They have already felt the love of the church. They had no expectations but just to come and see what was going on. They had no expectations but to see what all the buzz around town was, that was really talking about, if it was really real. But before they left that night, and because of the love of the church for days and months after, the father became an apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled minister. And in that church, even today, over seven decades later, there's numerous pastors, numerous preachers, and hundreds and even not, I would, I would say even thousands have been impacted by that one night of them being loved by the church. Over seven decades later, there's that church family still impacting in 2020. And I'm one of the grandsons of that family back in 1950, 1951. It's because the church makes a difference. The church makes a difference. The church is absolutely making a difference. Over 70 years later, just because of a handful of folks saying, I love the church. And I'm going to serve the church. Seven decades later, from California to Florida and everywhere in between, those folks are still making a difference. It's because the church makes an eternal difference. Church, you're making an eternal difference by making yourself available for his kingdom. I want to say that again. Just by you serving, you're making a difference for his kingdom. So you want to make a difference with your life. You're here in church. You want to be a difference maker. How do I make an eternal difference, you might be saying. Here's the first step. Ask God to use you to make a difference. Ask God to use you to make a difference in creating you to be that difference maker. God created you to do good works. So when you come to him and say, God, use me, he's going to use you to make an eternal difference. Sometimes it even surprises myself of how much God will use folks. It doesn't matter where you came from or what your past is. It doesn't matter your social economics of where you're at in life. It doesn't matter what demographic of life you came from or what side of the tracks, as we used to say, where you came from. This is the church. This is the church. I said, this is the church. Everyone's welcome. Everyone has a place. And they fit perfectly in the church. God is waiting on you to say, will you use me? God is waiting on you to say, God, will you take my life and help me make an eternal difference? And before you can even get the question out, God is saying, yes, 
I will use you. But in all reality, God is the one asking, are you available to serve in my kingdom? He's not waiting on, you're not waiting on his yes, he's waiting on your yes. Are you willing to serve? Are you willing to be a difference maker? Are you willing to change someone's life for eternity by serving in his kingdom? That's how he did in Isaiah, one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. As we look at his story in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8, God's doing the asking. Then heard the Lord ask, whom will I send as a messenger to my people? Who will go before us? And I said, Isaiah speaking, Lord, what? I'll go. Two of the most powerful and impactful words you could say to the Lord today. I'll go. I'll do it, Lord. I'll do it, Lord. For you. For your kingdom. For the lives and the souls that have never walked on this campus. I'll do it for you. So when they do walk on this campus, they feel your love through me serving. Are you ready to say yes? Are you ready to say, God, use me? That's where it all starts. We see in Acts chapter 6, I'll read verses 1 through 7. And in those days when the number of disciples was multitude, multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. It started in the first church, and the message hasn't changed. I would say it's apostolic to serve. It's apostolic to serve. And the verses go on. It says, Wherefore, brethren, look out among you and seven men of honest report and full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over the, the business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. I'm going to jump down to verse 7. It says, And the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied and Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. The church multiplied because folks were willing to serve. In business, we know you're only as good as your employees. They, they create the reputation of the company. I think the disciples knew they had a business mindset, Pastor, before they started picking the folks to serve. Just, they said, look out among you. And they knew what the word of God said. They knew, hey, they're the part of the church. They fit perfect. They're part of the church. They fit perfect. And seven men at that time were willing to do, hey, if it takes something off you, I'll serve. If it takes something off you, I'll serve. And what do we see? We see the church multiplied 
by folks being willing to serve. It's just that simple. And I'm simple enough to believe if Christ's spirit lives in me and he does all things well and I'm doing his kingdom work, I need to do all things well. When I'm serving, I want to do it well. Colossians teaches us in Colossians 3 and 23, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. That's why I said we're serving his kingdom. We're serving his kingdom. Yes, we have a senior pastor that has been anointed by God over this congregation. But as he's submitted to the Lord, we're submitted to him. We're serving his kingdom. Knowing that the Lord shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye shall serve the Lord Christ. And when I'm serving, I'm serving the body of Christ. Thank you, Sister Zuniga. Thank you. When I'm serving, I'm serving the body of Christ. That's why I do all things well. That's why I do things with excellence. That's why I strive to service at the highest level. Because I'm serving the body of Christ. I'm serving God's people. It's just not to get another check from the pastor. because It's because I'm serving God's people. And I know I need to be on my game. I need to be servicing at the highest level. Whether I feel like it or not, I'm serving God's people. Whether I woke up on the wrong side of the bed or not, I'm serving God's people. Whether I, I played too hard on Saturday, Sunday, I'm servicing at the highest level because I'm serving God's people. It's important. This church growth took place after the people began to serve the kingdom. It says, and the word of God increased and the number of disciples multiplied. Church, if we're going to receive the prophetic word of a thousand member plus church, it's going to be because the church is serving. I want to say that again because I believe it. He has not lost his dream, our pastor. He has not forgot the prophetic words that has been spoken into his life, into his ministry. They're still brewing, and he still, he, I, I would say he probably hears it every day. But it's going to come to fruition when the church is ready to serve. We saw it in the first church. We still are part of that church. It is still the apostolic inheritance of the church today. And we will multiply if we're ready to serve. We have to serve like there's a thousand coming today. At second service, there will be new faces sitting in these chairs. But we're going to serve like there's a thousand sitting in the chairs today. Because we still believe the promise of God. Galatians 5.13 reads, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. 
But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Serve one another in love. I'm not sure if you could see that second bullet there. If you serve with love, you reap love. If you serve love, you reap love. If I'm serving out of obligation and guilt, I can let resentment start pricking my heart. And I can let thoughts of being critical creep into my life. But if I'm serving out of love, I'm reaping the benefits of love. John 13, 34 and 35 reads, I give you a new command. Love each other. You must love each other just as I have loved you. All people will know you are my followers if you love each other. Church people are meant to love one another. It's not optional. It's not an elective. It's a command from Jesus. You will experience a love for the church when you intentionally love the church. You will have a deep sense of love for the church when you actively and intentionally practice love for the church. I could serve and I could go back to the Forbes. I could volunteer anywhere and feel good. I could volunteer and not even believe in the cause just because I need something to do and, hey, it's a good day. Why not make myself feel good and volunteer somewhere? But I'm talking about you're making a difference. The church makes a difference. When you're serving in the church, you are making a difference this morning. Amen. We'll love the church when it's about relationships and when we love one another. Having that me first attitude, it runs contrary to by love serve one another. Think of the ways that we naturally serve ourselves. When your body needs food, my son's 16 years old. He's hungry every two minutes. What does he do? He bolts for the refrigerator. That's why we go to the grocery store and we stock up every Sunday night. Because every two minutes, especially now with homeschool, or we won't call it homeschool. For him, we'll call it virtual learning. We're spending twice as much on groceries because he's serving himself. You're like, hey, this is nice. This is buffet. We're, man, this is awesome. My wife's crock pot is wore out just because we're virtual learning right now because you can't keep food. So naturally serving ourselves. When our body needs sleep, we find our pillow. When our body needs exercise, we go for a walk. This type of self-service is not necessarily bad. We all have to eat. We all have to sleep. We all should exercise. I should, and I'm, I'm very guilty. I do not exercise. 
So I should. Sister Rosetta saying, yes, she should. But yes, I do need to exercise. But we're going to get on to the lesson. But Paul challenged us to serve others just as faithfully as we serve ourselves. He challenged us, hey, serve others more than you do yourself. Church, you're being challenged this morning. We serve our, our needs. Likewise, we can serve others when they have needs. We have approximately, and we did the numbers this past week, approximately 400 folks or members. We'll call them members for lack of a better word. 400 members that come to True Vine Pentecostal Church. And we believe in the prophetic word that we heard. There's over 600 folks waiting to be served from the members of True Vine Pentecostal Church. And on any given Sunday, I think, I think we counted up, I think there's 60-ish folks who serve on Sundays. Even with 25% reduction, we're still, it still takes about 60 folks to help prepare for Sunday service, even at a 25% capacity with the two services. What are we going to do with a thousand? We need you. Let's, let, let me back up. He needs you. He needs you. He needs you to say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. I'll serve. For the over 600 folks that are going to be impacted by the kingdom, we need, he needs you. And as we focus on Christ, we also are focused on, each, on others. We should maximize our liberty in Christ by loving people through serving. I believe everyone needs to contribute to help advance the kingdom. We are a better church with everyone involved. The church is not exclusive. It's inclusive. It's for everyone. And it's time we serve together. This is my last bullet this morning. We are better when we serve together. We are better when we serve together. I am better. My family's better when we get to serve together with the church. Your family is better when you get to serve together with the church. And we are truly making a difference. You are making a difference by serving. And I'll ask you to stand this morning in closing. I know we have not swung from the recess lights this morning, but this I, this I Love My Church series, the second week, is the church is a place to make a difference. And we all make a difference by serving together. And we are truly better when we serve together. And that is tweetable. I want the words of the psalmist to ring in your ears this morning and pull on your hearts. And serving in the kingdom is a heartbeat of mine. It's a passion and a compassion that I have because I love people. 
And since I was a very young child, I love serving in the kingdom. There was nothing better than being at the church serving with God's people. And God has put this inside of me since I was a very young child. And I thank Him for not taking it away 47 years later. But this morning, I want the words of the psalmist as we're going to prepare and we're going to worship. And, but as you worship and as you leave today and as you drive home, I want these words to ring in your ears. Psalms 84 reads, I'm going to read the whole passage. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, yea, even fanneth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, though the sparrow hath found an house, and a swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee, Salah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who's passing through the valley of Baca. Make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Salah. Behold, the God of our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. This is what I want to ring in your ears this morning. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is the son of the shield, and the Lord will grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Church, we are better when we serve together. In Jesus' name. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Your word, God, has gone forth this morning. And Lord, we truly are better when we serve in your kingdom. Because as your body, we all have a place and we all fit absolutely perfect. And God, you are calling the church this morning to serve your kingdom. And, Lord, I'd ask this morning that your word would prick their hearts. And as you call them, Lord, that they would heed as Isaiah heeded to your call and say, It is me, Lord, I'll serve. It is me, Lord, whatever the task may be, I'll serve. I ask, God, today that the church would hear your call. And they'll respond to your call today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. God bless you as the worship team comes.
Your name.